Welcome to Leading to Linked. My name is Brett. I am your host again today. Um, I'm excited for today uh, for our special guest. His name is Colin, and you will you will uh, get to meet him here very momentarily. But Colin Mitchell, he is the co-founder of SalesCast, and he is the host of an awesome podcast. If you've not had a chance to check it out, it's called Sales Hustle. So I'm going to be right back with him and look forward to talking to you then. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Hey, Colin. Welcome to the show, man. Dude, I love the intro. I'm like pumped up. <laughs> hey, that's the goal of it. It's, you know, got to get that blood moving with all yeah. this stuff. Uh, all this working inside of offices with with everything going on with the pandemic, it's kind of like anything to get the blood moving, right? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I invested in a standing desk, and I pretty much stand all day now because it's just like, just got to keep the blood uh, pumping, like you mentioned there. Yeah, you know what's funny is, so I've got one of those standing desks, and this is completely off topic. I don't, you know, this is just how all my shows start. But I've got one of those standing desks that it raises and lowers, like it's got yeah. one of the hydraulic motors. Yeah, and most of my day I spend standing, but for the show I sit down because I find that it like helps me pay a lot more attention, <laughs> and I'm not like mm. being a distraction moving around here. But that's just me. That's just how that's, I roll. That's funny. I'm the exact opposite. Like I got more energy if I'm standing. So, you know, I interview folks, you know, quite often, just like you. And um, I started doing more of them standing up, and I go on shows often, and I've been doing them standing up for the last couple of months, and I prefer it. Really? That's so funny. I'll have to try more standing up. I can't say I've tried a whole lot, of, but I'll have to, definitely have to try it. But anyway, um, so Colin, I mean, just give everybody a quick introduction of yourself, what all you've got going on. You've got a lot of uh, good things that you're rolling with right now. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know where to start. How far back do you want me to go? <laughs> In the beginning. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, maybe just some what's what's going on and we can go back even a little bit further. Yeah. Why don't we go? Later. Why don't we go in? Re why don't we go in reverse? Right. So, yeah. Um, a buddy of mine, Christopher Decker, if you don't follow him on LinkedIn, you should. Um, he's my co-founder over at SalesCast. And it started back in February. Uh, he invited me to his studio in Irvine, California to come on to his podcast. And I hadn't been on too many... That's Actually, I hadn't been on any podcasts prior to that. So it was the first time I went on a podcast. And I had such a great experience kind of telling my story I think we talked a little bit about just kind of work-life balance, things like that. Um, you know, I'm a founder of three different companies. I have three kids. I'm just kind of super busy guy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then I naturally was just like, dude, this was awesome. How do I start a podcast? And he's like, well, it's pretty easy. Um, you interview the people you want and I'll take care of the rest for you. I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> nice. Um and so, so a very experienced seasoned podcaster that was getting crazy downloads, like 70,000, 100,000 downloads a month was like, Hey, you got to interview 20 people and release them daily. So you get uh, listed in the new noteworthy in iTunes and you'll pick up a lot of traction early on. And so I didn't really know any better. So I was like, Oh, cause I, I'd planned on maybe doing two episodes a month. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I was like, that's all I can do. And I was like, all right, I guess we got to do 20. I'm up for the challenge. We hammered out 20, released them in like three weeks daily, 
never slowed down. I interviewed 130 plus entrepreneurs and founders, had a crazy ride, created a product and a process and really just created that habit. And I was like, this is awesome. We got to get this to more people. I think there's more people that need this. So now we're just, you know, we basically manage shows for, um, you know, entrepreneurs, founders, B2B leaders, influencers, um, typically aligned with some sort of business objective. So we launch the show and manage everything for them. And it's been a ton of fun. Um, I have a sales podcast where I interview amazing people three times a week. The idea is they could tune in and feel like they learned something. Um, and then outside of that, I still run a unified communications business where I have a sales team and I also cold call for five hours a week just because I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're one of those sadists, right? <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun though. You know, it is cold calling is not a bad thing. Like everybody talks about like, Oh, cold calling. And a lot of people have call reluctance and they don't want to, the phone weighs a you know, thousand pounds, all the leads suck, all of the excuses. But like, if you stay out of the results and just kind of focus on the goal of like talking to more people and having fun and having conversations and being curious around like, you know, is this a good foot fit? Can we work together? Is there a way for me to help you? Can I add value? And when you have that sort of mindset, it's a much different experience than like, I got to get the meeting. It's so true. And I think that's, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I, what I have found is those days that, um, that I want to be more hesitant to make calls are the days that I'm not in the right place mentally. And it's not just about, Mm. oh, well, I'm in a funk, but it's, I'm not approaching the call with the right mentality of what I'm trying to accomplish. It's like, I'm trying to get some result rather than finding out, is this a fit? And that's a result in and of itself. Mm. You know, it's like, all they can really say is yes or no. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is we have a saying like that I've heard since I first got into cold calling, right. Is, is some will, some won't next call. And it's kind of like, don't bring the last call into the next call. Right. Or, you know, a lot of times people have a hard time bringing their personal life into work and, you know, that's sort of the mindset that they're working with. So to, to, and, and, and cold calling and and sales in general and cold calling specifically, it's a craft. And like, if you want to get good at it, you got to practice it and you got to be consistent and you got to bring your a game every single day. And that doesn't mean like being the best cold caller necessarily. It means really taking care of yourself personally and doing whatever you need to, to bring that right mindset so that when you are making those calls, you're your best self. That is so cool. So now, now to clarify something, you said that you, did you all start SalesCast in February? Yeah. Uh, well, like a no, last no, year, no. 2020. So, no, no. So February was when I started my first podcast and Chris was, you know, producing the show for me. And uh-huh. then we went out. And so we started, we started SalesCast just not that long ago. It's just, I think June or July, um, we have 20 plus shows under management and we're on track to have over a hundred um, by the end of the first quarter. And we've got some amazing clients and some great shows and it's a lot of fun. And we just launched a new program where we're helping people get booked on podcasts as well. And, um, you know, cause that's the best way to grow your own podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That's so cool. I, I didn't realize, I mean, honestly, to hear you talk, I would have, especially in the conversations we've had in the past, I, I would have thought you've been doing podcast production for years. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's it's consistency. I mean, like I do three episodes a week, so I'm typically sometimes I'm interviewing three to six people every week. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, I think it's that craft. It's the building your craft. It's building that skill set. 
Yeah. And, 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 and as you know, like it's such a, it's such an amazing thing to do on so many levels because, okay, you're great. You're creating great content. Awesome. You're building phenomenal relationships with the people that you have on the show, which is probably in my opinion, the most valuable thing, more valuable than the downloads and the listeners and all the other like sexy stuff. It's the relationships with the people that come on. Um, and then, you know, uh, you're also learning a lot, both personally and professionally. Like there's a definitely like a, a, a self serving part of it is like, if you're, you know, bringing phenomenal people on, like you learn so much from them. It's so true. And that's, you know, even what I've found and, and we've been doing the leading to sales show since October, November, I can't remember exactly when it was, we launched it. Um, I can go back and look, but one of the things that's really stood out to me more than anything is having that ability to give value in a way that most people aren't anticipating and, and give and get value because you're both, you're able to learn from each other when you have a guest and then you're giving value to the community at the highest level because people think that everything's a secret, but it's just a matter of getting it out there. Right? Yeah. 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 And, and you can actually do this with like your ideal customers or your prospects or your potential partners, like collaborate with them, build content, build content with them, shine a light on them, lift them up, make them look like a thought leader, pick their brain. You know, yeah. like it's, it's such a winning strategy on so many levels. Yeah. And I think that's one of the benefits that of this culture that we're in today, especially now that everything's gone so digital, even more so than it was before, is that even those people who, you know, who a lot of people are intimidated by as thought leaders to try to have onto a show or something, they're so willing to give today and even more willing to just get on a show and, and help and pour out, you know, knowledge and, and thought process than they ever have been before. I mean, is yeah. that something that you're experiencing with your show and, and with other shows as well? Yeah, it, it's, and sometimes it takes a little bit of confidence to like ask those people that you're like, oh, they're so busy. They would like never give me the time of day. Right. Um, but they are because, you know, like a lot of these people um, that would typically be traveling a lot that aren't would typically be on yeah. stages. They're not. Um, and the opportunity to create content, regardless of the size of your audience, whether it's small, big, or somewhere in between the people that say yes, and are willing to help and add value. Those are the people that leave an impression where it's like, you know, you have not only potential, maybe customers, but like raving fans. That's so true. And, and what's cool is specifically you help out a lot in the B2B space. And, or as far as a lot of the set, the podcasts that you all manage mm -hmm. are in that B2B space. So talk to me a little bit, because I know, you know, oftentimes the B2B space can be described as stuffy. <laughs> and so I'm sure there's conversations that you've had more than once about, okay, well, how do we measure ROI? How do, how, why do we want to launch a podcast? What are the risks? What are those kind of things? When you see, or when you're, when you're communicating with these B2B leaders, what are you talking about? of the benefits of podcasting that are making them want to move forward. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because a lot of them initially want to go like, well, you know, how can we start monetizing? How long is it going to take to make money? Yes. How do we measure that? What's the success? Like all of these metrics that they're used to tracking. And honestly, people that are getting into it for those reasons aren't necessarily our right clients. Not because those things yeah. aren't going to happen, but it's not the right thing to measure. How do you measure a relationship with Brett, 
right? Exactly. Like you're, you're, you're coming on my show, right? Yes. If I was worried about like, I'm only in it for the downloads and the sponsors and like the leads and the inbound. If I was so caught up in that, you miss the most important thing, which is the relationship with Brett, right? When Brett, you know, thinks somebody needs to start a podcast, like who is he maybe going to think of? Right. Exactly. I don't know. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) There was no contract signed beforehand, but yeah, yeah. You're right. And and, and you can be strategic about it and that's okay. Right. So we, we teach some of our clients this, we do a group coaching call, which is probably the most valuable thing that we do out of editing the content. Right. And we talk about like, who should you be going after? What's going to align with your business objectives, not tracking ROI, not tracking downloads, not talking about monetizing, but like the whole idea of it is like, how can we get you to build more relationships with the right people leveraging the podcasting platform, right? And so that might look like really just inviting people that your ideal clients and adding a tremendous amount of value where it just makes sense to do business together. It yeah. might look like who's your, you know, if you're in the marketing space, it might be like, well, who's your best referral partners? Like ask some of those folks on your show, collaborate, create some content, lift them up, make some intros for them, invite them to some, you know, net free networking events that you do, like add value, right? Where it makes sense to then send you referrals. Um, or maybe it's being really strategic about it. You're very clear on who your ICP is. So you ask other people that have a very similar ICP to collaborate, create content, go on the podcast, give them some pieces that they can share that's shining a light on them that they're going to share with their audience, which is essentially going to trickle down to, you know, people coming into your funnel, into your world, into your space. It's so true. And that's, you know, you hit on relationships and I called this show unlimited relationships. And I did that straight. I stole it straight from your website because I think that what I'm seeing today, especially in it with everybody being so quarantined and remote, Mm-hmm. is that the brands that are the are winning are the brands that realize the value of relationships or at least give credence to the value of relationships and are act, taking active steps to build them because it's long gone or in my opinion long gone are the days of well it's just about price or it's just about do you have this specific widget or benefit generally speaking it's about i see so much more of how does that brand make me feel And Mm. so, you know, how are you all, because you are, I'm sure you're seeing this, you know, it's not, it's probably not new information to you. What are you seeing that some of your clients and some of the people that you're working with and even just your network are seeing as results of, of that opportunity to build relationships? The people that are doing this right, like aren't getting caught in that like metrics and ROI and measuring, right? They understand that one simple thing and I don't even know who originally said this, but I've heard it a million times and I fully believe it at my core is your network. Your net worth is equal to your network, right? So what are you doing? Not just to build your network, but what are you doing to add value to your network? Right. And people, there's a lot of people that try to fake this like, Hey Brett, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you, just let me know. Like, that's cool. Sounds good. Sounds like you really, can we curse on here? Sure. <laughs> um, can't, can't, you know, it sounds like you really give a shit, right? Yeah. But do you like your, your actions have to align with your words. You have to show that you care. And that might look like this, like Brett, what type of, what, what, what is keeping you up at night right now? What are you, what is, what are your biggest problems? Like, what do you care about? What's top of mind? What type of relationships are you looking for? And then go out there and 
be thinking about that. Like, hey, I can connect this person with Brett and don't expect anything in return. Yes. It's so true. And, you know, in doing that, and the reason I say this is because this has been a mission of mine lately, is somebody asked me the other day, what do you want to be known for? And mm-hmm. I, I told, I, I, it kind of caught me off guard, honestly. I've thought about it before. People have asked me before, but the time that they asked me, it kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, uh, you're going to have to let me think about that. But in thinking about it, what really hit me was I would want, if there's anything that I was ever known for, I would want to be known for being the person who builds connections and relationships that have no benefit to me directly. Mm-hmm. Because frankly, that's one of the biggest highs that I get at networking on LinkedIn and getting a chance to introduce people to each other, even if there's no business or very little business relationship involved. If it's just, Hey, I know this person and I know you, I think y'all have some common ground. Y'all should meet. And like, it's an honestly, from a purely selfish perspective, it is a high Mm. whenever you get to do that on a regular basis. Yeah. There's, there's actually something that chemically in your body that happens when you help others and it feels good. People like helping people, right? Yes. And so, but you got to be you got to be really. It takes work. It's not easy. Like I, I, I network so much. I meet so many people. Like it's hard work to remember like who's going to benefit from who, right? But if you're always kind of thinking, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Then it just it it, it does become a little easier, and it happens, right? And sometimes you ask folks like, hey, what type of relationships are you looking for? How can I help you? They don't know. And so do you leave it there or do you really think deeply like, okay, here's, I, 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 here's what they do. Here's what they've said they care about, you know, kind of think about it. Like, is there somebody that I can, that they're aligned with, that I can connect with them without them even asking. It's so true. And you know, what's funny is I think this is now the fourth show in a row. And I told myself the other day, I was not going to do this, but this is the fourth show in a row that I've mentioned this quote. And I guess I'm just going to have to hang it on my wall because it's from John Maxwell. It's from his book. Everyone communicates, few connect people who are listening in regularly are going to get so tired of me saying this, but what he, what he said in that book. And it was, if there was one line in that entire book that hit me, it was, you can't add value to people unless you first value people. Mm. And I think that's so much of what you're talking about, because it's all about that. Yes, you hear give value, give value. And frankly, I think people are hearing it so much, it's becoming cliche. Like I've started brainstorming, how else can I say give value without saying give value? But it's becoming cliche. So people are like, yeah, I need to, I need to do another lead gen. I need to do another ebook. I need to do another white paper. And it's like, maybe. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I don't but think so. Most likely not. <laughs> so, I mean, what are, you know, when you're seeing a, the successful, clients that you have that are seeing those success. I know what you're talking about, not measuring metrics. Maybe what are some of the intangibles from relationships that you're seeing that people are coming out of these podcasts? Cause I know so, so many people are so fearful of even launching a podcast. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is the biggest thing is like the, the relationships, like building the relationships. Yes. Okay. But also like making an impact, right? So like, are you helping people tell their story? Are you helping people, you know, break out of their shell? Are you, 
you know, shining a light on somebody who's under, you know, represented or, you know, hasn't had the platform to tell their story? Are you getting those people to gather regularly in some sort of capacity? Are you putting them all into some sort of group? You know, are you educating them about stuff like, yeah, another ebook? Yeah. <laughs> Experience Most about that. Not. <laughs> you know, you know, are you, it comes down to this. And, and and this is something that I learned, right? Because I was taught everything wrong about sales when I first started. Um, I mean, I came from the, you know, reeking commission breath, boiler room type of mentality where it was treat people transactionally. And it was like, you know, the, 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 the cold call pitch was like, you know, quick rebuilt rapport building, um, you know, throw out an offer. If they didn't, if they didn't bite, throw out another offer. If they didn't bite, change the subject, throw out another offer. And if you didn't get the close, you better get a commitment for a future sale. Like yeah. that was what I was taught, you know? And so I learned a lot of things the wrong way. And when I, and, 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 you know, I went from always be closing to like, just always be helping. And that's kind of like my little tagline. Right. And when I started helping others and just kind of thinking of like how I can serve them, sales became so easy. Selling doesn't feel like selling. It's so much fun. Um, you know, I meet a lot of amazing people. I'm not always the right fit for everybody. And that's totally okay. And being so conscious about like wanting to help others and serve them in the right way with good intentions takes a lot of work and it's not always easy. And sometimes that looks like, hey, Brett, I am not the best fit for you, but here's two or three options that might be. Yeah. And I think that's the power of the network. You know, so you talked about learning everything the right or the wrong way and then making a shift. What was that shift moment? What was was there a defining moment or was it just kind of a, of a gradual realization? Yeah, I'm going to answer that. But I also want to go back to kind of one question that you asked. That I don't feel like I fully answered. Right. So you okay. wanted to say, like, what are people what are these podcasters seeing? Like, why? Are, you know, what's the value? in it? so it's it's, you know, our our clients understand what we're all about. And it's basically building more relationships with the right people, serving their community and creating impactful content. And that's at the core that when we're doing all three of those for a client, which we, which we, that's the goal, right. Is to, to achieve those through that single activity. That's the win. Yeah. It's not about how the downloads will come. The sponsors oh, yeah. will come. The business will come. Right. But that's, that's what really matters most. That's so um, true. So, so now that I feel like I fully answered that question, I'm going to go back to what you just asked, which was, um, what that transition was. So the transition was, I, I started, you know, I grew up dirt poor, like literally my dad was not around. I was raised by a single mom, um, you know, hunt, like grew up on food stamps, government cheese, like embarrassed in the store, hoping that somebody from school wouldn't see that we didn't have money, yep. you know? Um, and so I had a bit of a tough like time growing up as a kid. Um, as you can maybe imagine, got myself into some trouble. Um, just barely even made it through high school by the skin of my teeth. Like literally yeah. dropped out and got my credits. College yeah. was not in the cards for me. And so I had kind of a just ordinary job moving furniture. And, you know, that was okay. And I liked it because I was young and got kept me in shape, you know. Um, <laughs> but was not going to be able to make a career out of that or have a family or buy a house or do any of these things that we, you know, all want to do. Yeah. Um, and so I, I eventually got a sales job 
And I said, you know, this is it. This is this is it for me. Sales was willing to give me a chance and I needed to make the most out of it. Yep. And so it looked like just really, you know, working my tail off, you know, 12 hour days coming in on Saturdays to prep for my week. Um, and so I, I, I really just worked my way up to the top of that company really fast. And they, and they kind of, you know, dangled the carrot of a, of a, of a, you know, managerial role and never delivered on that. So I had to say, you know, see you later, um, took a VP of sales at another position, built a team there and had a lot of success. And then eventually, um, it was my, my, we were dating at the time, my wife now, um, I said, I think we can, I think we can do this on our own. Like, you know, and so in that transition of like, from becoming employee to entrepreneur, I think is where I really is like, okay, like my reputation, like really matters like more than ever. And, you know, and I'm not saying like whoever said the customer is always right. I hate that that term because the customer is not always right. It's totally okay to challenge the customer and make them think outside of, or you don't need to be a yes man and agree with everything, but do what's right for the customer. Sometimes that's not helping them. Sometimes that's not serving them. Sometimes it's challenging what they think is the right way to do something. Um, so I think that's kind of when that transition, and that's where I really started to seek out, you know, listening to podcasts, taking courses, reading blogs, following people, reading books, um, and just really self-educating myself to the fullest. Um, and, you know, really just got into that just serving, always be helping sort of mentality. That's so cool. How much do you think, um, because being a person who, who, who came from similar background being raised, you know, mostly by a single mom and and having some challenge, some of those same challenges, um, myself, how much do you think that that influenced your entrepreneurial journey? So much, so much. Um, like as much as a lot of that stuff was tough, I wouldn't change any of it. Because I don't think that I would have this sort of hustle and grit and resilience and determination. I mean, you can get those elsewhere. Like, you know, athletes that compete at a high level have a lot of those same qualities, right? Yep. Um, and maybe that would be a easier path. Maybe not. I don't know. That's a lot of pressure, <laughs> right? When you compete at a high level. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things that were really tough, like where we couldn't pay the rent, you know, and like we were getting kicked out, you know? Um, and a lot of those things really sucked in the moment. Um, but I think that they really gave me the mindset and the perspective and the grit and the hustle and the resilience, like I mentioned. Um, but also gave me sort of this perspective that like things that would stress a lot of people out, like things that are super difficult in business or in life in general, um, that would, people would have a really hard time navigating those things seem so simple to me. (laughs) Like, I'm like, this is nothing like the worst possible thing could happen out of this situation. And I would be totally fine. (laughs) You know, what's funny is that's, that's, I I haven't thought about it before, but that's something that I sometimes, that I have as well, that stuff can be hitting the fan. Everybody else around me can be freaking out. I'm like, listen, this is not as bad as it can get. It's all good. You (laughs) want to know bad? Like I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's tough. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. And that's, that's cool. Cause that's having that background. I think that's, it's the, to me, it's the grit of having been kicked in the teeth proverbially and having to crawl out of it and realizing, you know, 
it can always go, it can always get worse. And I, I'm just glad I'm taking new ground. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and to kind of relate it back to salespeople, right? Like if you are good at your craft and you're a true sales professional, whether you're entrepreneurial and you know, you're selling on your, you're selling on your team or a selling founder or, or if you're at the highest level in your in your organization, if you're good at your craft, if you're committed to your profession, you have a level of confidence where you could lose your job tomorrow or that company can p- completely crumble and you're confident enough that you'll be fine. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, we'll figure it out. Figure, it's that old figure it out mentality that we, that we hear so much about. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're, I'm going to shift here just a little bit because one of the things that you mentioned previously, um, not in this show, but previously yeah. to me, is somebody who uh, we share as a very big influence in our lives, um, and that is Chris Voss. Um, hmm. So, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, those, if you will, those podcast guests that we're all a little bit hesitant to reach out to. He's one of mine that I'm like, okay, I'm going to find a way to get him on my show. <laughs> full, full disclosure, I invited him and I got rejected. Hey, well, that's, hey, I'll probably get rejected too, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm fine with I it too. Stop. I probably, yeah, I mean, I probably should have used some of his tactics, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, are you, are you, oppo- are you opposed to coming on my show? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just go through the book and highlight the, the top five tactics and put them all in one email. <laughs> yeah. I think he says no initially just to see what you do. And then yeah. if you, if you, if you, if you continue to follow up, then maybe you get a yes. Yeah. Um, I honestly forgot that I'd asked him until you brought him up and frankly been lazy about it. So I'm going to follow up with him after this. There you go. <laughs> See, and if you get him, then maybe I can get an intro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or vice versa. Right. So, there you go. The value you go. of our relationship, right? There you how go. Do you me- how do you measure that? <laughs> that is right here live. You just saw the value of a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Measure but, that on an ROI tracker. Good luck. Exactly. Exactly. Roll that up to your VP. Um, <laughs> probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't have gone that far. But <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Chris Voss, I think that one of the things that really appealed to me was his, his approach is almost counterintuitive to what most people say to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to, to like those types of approaches when it ta- when he's talking about building relationships and that's, you know, his book, um, Never Split the Difference, mm-hmm. is amazing. And it seems like, honestly, when I first picked it up, I thought, okay, this is going to be a book full of butthole sales techniques. Like, honest to God, that's what I thought. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is actually about how to effectively build relationships. Um, so, I mean, I would love to hear your take on some of his stuff, because just because, you know, you've probably um, seen a lot more of it than I have even. I mean, it's a lot about like doing what people are not expecting, right? Like in, in, in it's a lot about the psychology. You got to think about the psychology, right? So how do you ask somebody something in a different way that they're not used to, to get that, you know, possible outcome. But I actually was exposed to, to Chris Voss through following Josh Braun. Cause he's a, he's a big fan of his techniques and his methods and he references him a lot. And I'm a big fan of Josh as well. Um, I've had Josh on the show and, uh, I have a ton of respect for him. Um, and so that's where I really started to, um, uh, be exposed to some of those techniques and never split the difference is great. And I mean, you coming from somebody who's negotiated in really high pressure situations, who better than to, I mean, like our situations in sales conversations are 
nothing to even compare, right? But it's the same approaches that that work and people aren't used to. And um, it makes you think think about just having a conversation with people a little bit differently. Yeah. And it helps you understand both sides of it a little bit better. Yeah. Right? Because most people are just so caught up in what they want to say. They're not really considering how that's going to make others feel or they're not thinking about having some empathy, right? Yeah. Or they're not thinking about how that's going to come across or they're not thinking about, well, how, what do they usually maybe here in this situation and how can I phrase it? And sometimes it's taking that question and just or taking that statement, taking that question or thing that you want to say and just reframing it a little bit. Yeah. That's so, and that's, I think it goes back to what we started off with was what's your intent, what's your intent and, with the conversation. And here's what's important, right? So let's give an example, right? This is just a really simple example rather than saying, you know, Hey, Brett, are you open to a 15 minute call next week? So I can talk to you about, you know, managing your podcast. Yep. You know, very <laughs> traditional way people ask for your time without showing any value. And, you know, but if, if I said, Hey, Brett, you know, uh, we work with, you know, thought leaders such as yourself and, you know, we're teaching them, you know, these certain techniques that, you know, podcasts that are growing like crazy are adopting. Would you be opposed to learning more about that in a 15 minute call in the next week or two? Instant mindset shift. Yeah. So that's kind of a difference of, of, of asking the same thing and reframing it. But to go back to what you said, right, what is your what is your intent? right? What's your goal? And most people are so caught up in, and it comes from the top, right? The VPs yeah. and the managers are like, you got to make a hundred calls. You got to book, you know, three to five meetings a week. You got to get, you know, two to three of those in the pipeline and you better have X amount of MMR, you know, in the pipe, whatever. Right. Yep. That's the way organizations have always run, but you got to stay out of the results, especially in like building relationships and having, sales conversations with, with people. They're actually people just like you. They're not some sort of dollar sign on your commission check. Right. Yeah. So treat them like people and just be a person, you know, like scripts are helpful. Yes. But like ditch the script and just be curious and ask good questions and actually care to learn. And you'll be very surprised of where a lot of those conversations go. Um, and, and so to kind of, you know, tie the loop on this is, is people, people are often trying to get the next, yes, I'm trying to get you to the next meeting. I'm trying to get you to the demo. I'm trying to get you to the trial close. I'm trying to get you to, you know, the next phase of the sales process. And I'm trying to get you to be a customer. And they're so focused on that outcome that, you know, they forget about actually just treating the person like a person, actually caring, showing some empathy, asking questions to learn more and be curious to see like, hey, is, am I even really the right person to help you? Can I help you? I don't know. And so if you focus on more like my goal is to just meet more of the right people and have deep, meaningful conversations with them and see if we're a right fit or not. You know, uh, so I'm going to step in it here in a big way. Um, and probably piss some people off. Um, mm. but one of the things that I think that, that this is a symptom of is shallow thinking in the, at the leadership level. Um, and it's, you know, I get 
that we are in a culture, especially if you're, you know, at a larger public company or something like that, where, you know, every metric matters, but I'm seeing more and more that success or opportunity to learn failure, whatever you want to call it, it really is determined by environments and the environment that's being created at a leadership level has largely, and I, I think we're moving towards changing this, but has largely been so shallow that it's all about the reports you're going to be presenting. It's all about the spreadsheet. It's all about what the pipeline looks like. And it's not about what's the real end goal of the company. You know, you, everybody gets these pr- pretty mission statements printed on their lobby. Yeah. And then that mission statement is not lived out through their company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely not often not lived out through their sales processes. Um, and so I'm seeing so much of that. And I, you know, I wonder, and you, I'm, this is a completely off the cuff question and you may, you may be like, Brett, you're really putting me on the spot here. I mean, how do we really begin to change that? Uh, I, I, I'm so glad you asked that question. So, all right. And what's, and here's, what's interesting, right? Is if you talk to some leaders in large corporations, and you actually 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 ask them what the mission was. There's a lot of them that don't even know. Yep. I've actually talked to executives where they're like fumbling on what that is because it's recently changed and they don't know and they're not living it. Yeah. So, like our goal at Salescast is to work with the top ten change makers globally and help impact a hundred million people through storytelling to step out of isolation and into acceptance. Right. So that's why we work with entrepreneurs, B2B leaders, influencers that are more concerned with building relationships and making an impact in, you know, building relationships with the right people, serving their community and creating impactful content. That's why when people are like, hey, how, how am I going to monetize this? How many downloads can I get? What is? Those are not the right clients for us. Yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't worry about those things, but if those are the most important thing to you, you don't align with what we're trying to do. And that's totally okay. I can send you some to people that are happy to just edit your content and make it look pretty, but that's not what we're about. Yeah. So you think that it's really just about creating that culture where the mission is lived at the leadership level. Yeah. And and we believe that like through this platform, through this activity, you can actually change the way that B2B sales are done, where you're actually leading with value first. You're actually inviting people onto it. Like I believe everybody should have a pot. Like, okay, let's, let's take step back. Everybody <laughs> knows they should have a personal brand, right? Yes. yes. Everybody should have a podcast. Why not? Exactly. Why not? It's the easiest way to build more relationships with the right people, serve your community, provide education, provide value. Stop saying you're going to provide value. Hey, here's my ebook. Here's my white paper. Here's my gated piece of content. Now, there's sometimes that's necessary, right? But, but if that is that all you're doing, or are you really trying to like make a change or like really like take time to invite people on your platform, collaborate with them, create something impactful? And even like, even further, like not even ask them for anything. Now here's the secret though. Organically that happens because you've taken that approach. Yeah. It's so true. It's, and that's, I think that's the power to me. That's the power of, of 
podcasts. And I mean, honestly, our show started as just a LinkedIn live show. Um, and then we were like, Hey, you know what? We've got this, we've got this content. We might as well start uploading it as a podcast and, and putting it in more hands to give that value. Um, and it's just, it's so amazing. And, and I'm going to go back and reference Jeffrey Gittimer at this. Cause I feel like, I mean, he's been one of the biggest influences for me, um, mm-hmm. in my sales journey, primarily because I've had the blessing of meeting and knowing him and working with him personally. Um, but he says, he says that he does not teach people how to sell. He teaches people how to create an environment where people want to buy. And that his number one sales technique for himself is that he puts himself in front of people that can say yes to him and gives value first. And he does it at a, at a ridiculous level. And it's, it's amazing to even watch him work, <laughs> but what's so, cool. So give me an example. Like how does so, he do that? I mean, it's here's, here's an example of how he, how I've seen him work in person. And that is number one, this is kind of an example is anywhere he goes, it doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing. He is going to make you his friend. Mm. So he's, he truly sees the value of those relationships. And then the second piece to that is, and the, this is one that I've, this is a story he has shared with me is whenever he was in New York city, he learned selling in New York city well before there was anything digital. And what he started doing was he sold t-shirts. He, he owned a t-shirt company um, and would sell multi-million dollar deals to t-shirt companies. And one of the things that he did was that he would reach out to these executives. He would, he would have a meeting with them. And what would always be happening was that he would show up to the meeting and they would say, yeah, we like the idea. We like the concept. Go get us a, a sample and then we'll talk about it. Well, what Jeffrey did on the front end was before he ever showed up to that meeting, before he was even sure of anything in that meeting, he would have their shirt, whatever shirt or shirts that they were going to have made. And he would invest into that so that when he showed up, he was giving them the value of seeing the product that they wanted Mm -hmm. to purchase. And as soon as they said, well, and this is Jeffrey, he said, as soon as they would say, you know, if you want to have a sample made, he said, okay, well, if I go have a sample made, if you love it, how many are you going to buy? <laughs> and then he would say, and then if you really love it, then how many are you going to buy? And then he would, he would be wearing the shirt under his, under his <laughs> button up and he would that. unbutton it. He'd say, okay, so do you love it or do you really love it? <laughs> Oh, wow. and that, but that was one close. But here's here's a be- even better example is one of the things that he did as a shirt manufacturer was he he started looking for a an established business that was a jean manufacturer and they wanted and he partnered with them and he offered them the opportunity to partner with him in order to further their brand with his products. And so it wasn't just a, Hey, can I sell you t-shirts to sell with your jeans? It was a, let me come in. And I can't remember the exact story he would have to share it, but it it was, let me come in and show you how this can better your business. Mm. And then, you know, in turn, there was obviously a carrot for him. So, I mean, that's his ability to just put himself in front of somebody who can say yes, and then give value at the highest level is incredible. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 that takes a lot of work to really like think 
how can I add value, you know, in, in a way that's going to wow them where it ultimately just makes sense for us to do a couple of things, either work together, referral, you know, ref- send referrals, something. Yeah. Right. Um, it, but you know, you don't ask, right. You don't ask for it. It's just, you got to give them that experience to where yes. they just, they're like, I, I really want to help Brett. How can I help Brett? Because he's just added so much value for me. Yep. Creating an environment where they want to buy. Exactly. That's, exactly. People, people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. So yeah. That is so true. So true. Um, so with that, I mean, you know, we're coming up to a close here. Uh, how can people really reach out to you and begin to interact with you and where all can they find you? Yeah. Um, really simple, uh, sales hustle on all the podcast platforms and then anybody looking to start manage or grow a podcast, they can go to salescast.co, which you have below right there. Um, and that's it. I'm on all the social media. You can find me if you want to. Um, but those are the best two places. And I'll tell you when Colin, um, in my experience with Colin, Colin does what he says. He lives his, the mission of sales cast, um, in his day to day. Um, you know, he, he was the one who, uh, initiated contact with me months ago, months and months ago. Um, and we got a, you know, got a chance to tie off and just get to know each other a little bit and, and find some, some shared yeah. values and roll from there. So, yeah, we just hopped on a call. We had no agenda. It was just like, let's get to know each other. And that was it. I do a lot of those, you know, sometimes new sales reps ask for my time. Hey, can you look at my cold call pitch? Can you look at my emails, whatever. I'm, I'm happy to help people if I can add value and I don't expect anything in return. And I just want to kind of share that message and create content with more aligned people like yourself. Um, so we can get that message to more people and, you know, hopefully more people start thinking that people are, st- more people are starting to think that way. Um, yeah. there's definitely a shift and, and especially if you surround yourself with those people, then you really see it. Yeah, that's so true. It's, it's the, uh, it's that old, you'll, you'll be the average of the five people you hang out with the most. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sorry. We're whipping out some old school stuff here. So, <laughs> um, so, I mean, with that, you know, before we close out, um, you know, you share, you've given a lot of value here, you know, to mm. anybody who's tuning in, um, what, uh, any closing words that you would leave with them before we sign out? Hmm. Are, what, what, most of your listeners are what salespeople for the most part, marketing people, mix of both entrepreneurs, mix of mix of both or mix of really all three. I, I would just say for anybody listening, if you're not doing this already, just really think about how you can tr- add tremendous value for others without expecting anything in return. Wow. I can't, can't top that. I mean, there you go. So um, with that, Colin, I'll go ahead and close this out. Um, and I will, uh, if you'll hang out here for just a few minutes, we'll close out and roll from there. Yeah. Okay. So guys, again, you heard it from him. Think about how you can add tremendous value and get nothing in return. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. Um, so with that, I thank you again for tuning in. I do appreciate, uh, the, the support that we continue to get and, and the value that, uh, everyone who tunes in is getting from these amazing guests we're bringing on. Um, we will be live on Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, I have a very special guest, and this is going to be a surprise guest because I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. 
Um, it's going to be a cool show. Um, it'll, it'll be a very unique show, probably nothing like you've ever seen. And that's not me just promoting it. It's going to be cool. Um, so I look forward to talking to you then. And until then, I am just here to keep reminding you either give value or just don't bother.